1: Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
0: Highlight reel won by Williams down the sideline. Williams chased by Gamble. 10,
2: What a run! Touchdown! Spectacular run! Here's the fake.
1: Meyer look. your
2: host, Darren Pritchett.
1: 605 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on this Wednesday evening. It is Wednesday. That means we talk Notre Dame football with my colleague from Blue and Gold Illustrated. He is the Notre Dame football beat reporter, Tyler Horka. You can read all his work at blueandgold.com. And things are heating up, of course, with Tommy Reese becoming Tuscaloosa Tommy last week, taking the Alabama offensive coordinator position. And now a month away from spring practice, Marcus Freeman is looking for a new offensive coordinator. So let's start things off, Tyler, by kind of recapping the Tommy Reese era as offensive coordinator at the University of Notre Dame, if you were to write a biography on the life and times of Tommy Reese, the chapter on Reese being the Irish offensive coordinator, what do you think it w- it would include?
2: Well, I think it's got to start with Ian Book, and as much as uh, a, of a polarizing figure that he is uh, are among some Notre Dame fans, some love him, some say that maybe he held the offense back a little bit. That is the guy who's won more games as a starting quarterback for the University of Notre Dame than anybody else who's ever played. And there's been some really good ones, obviously, if you go through the the list of names dating all the way back decades ago. So it starts there. And I know Tommy Reese technically didn't even recruit Ian Book. He kind of inherited him. But uh, you talk about offensive coordinators and offensive coaches, and you always talk about development. And I am of the thinking that Notre Dame got as much out of Ian Book as they could have. I mean, this is a guy that's still in the NFL. This is a guy who's in Phoenix right now on a roster that's playing for the Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. So there's something to be said for that. I think the Ian Book era at Notre Dame was uh, a pretty good one, all things considered, considering that he's, you know, six foot with the bump on his head type of guy and uh, was able to do a lot of really good things. And I think Tommy Reese was a part of that. You know, they were kind of lockstep all of the way. So It starts there, and then, obviously, the last couple of years, maybe it it ends with Notre Dame fans wanting a little bit more out of Tommy Reese, but again, uh, this is a guy that I think four different starting quarterbacks have have started for Tommy Reese in the last three years, and that's quite a bit. There's not a whole lot of uh, continuity there. Had he would have stayed, he would have had Sam Hartman for one year, presumably, and then he would have needed another guy, so the the continuity would have been uh, nowhere to be found going forward as well, but... Uh, All of that to say, this this conversation, everything that I just said, a lot of ups and some downs as well. So uh, he had the best tight end that's ever played for a university that likes to call itself tight end university. Michael Mayer was incredible the last three years, really the last two years, uh, just phenomenal, probably the best tight end in in college football over that span. So, uh, again, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, but there was always just – some element of a, uh, you know something to be desired, just a lack of complete, prolific offense. And that was you know true in the numbers that he had. I mean, it was 30s and 40s pretty much all the time in total offense, scoring offense, and it felt like he could never get to that next top. Now, would that have happened with Sam Hartman? I, I think a lot of people were thinking so, but as our conversation shifts here, that's going to have, have to happen under a different offensive coordinator at Notre Dame.
1: I have a feeling that numbers... The numbers you were talking about were going to jump, mainly because Marcus Freeman's now in charge of recruiting, and that's going to help Tommy Reese had he stayed. But he's now working for Nick Saban, which leads us to this. Tyler, you've been a part of pretty much all of Marcus Freeman's press conferences, maybe the exception of a couple of road trips you didn't go on, but you listen to those press conferences. Do you have a read from listening to Marcus Freeman talking offense in those press conferences? Does that lead you down to a path what he's looking for in his new offensive coordinator? Well, I don't know how much has
2: changed in a year, but I mean, you got to remember, you go back to this time last year, maybe maybe a couple months before, even a month before, say January of 2022, when he was really doing the bulk of his hiring, I mean, he had hire a wide receivers coach, a running backs coach tight ends coach, a defensive coordinator. And I would look at the defensive coordinator hire maybe to kind of suggest where he wants to go with this one. I think he's looking for someone who's pretty experienced. I mean, he went and got Al Golden, a guy who's in his 50s, a guy who's been in college ball, has been in pro ball, obviously came back to the the college ranks straight from the NFL. Talk about another guy who was playing for a Super Bowl or coaching for a Super Bowl at this time last year. That was Al Golden. I think you can learn a lot from what Marcus Freeman did with that hire in trying to find who he's going to hire this time. I don't think it's going to be, um, you know, a 20 or 30 something year old offensive coordinator who has really only had one type of breakout and, and he's on the radar for that reason. I think it's going to be a guy who's been around the block a little bit, maybe has been to both pro and college ball, but but a guy who's seen a lot of things. And there's definitely some names that we're going to get to here in a minute that uh, kind of exemplify what Freeman is looking for. there a guy that's, who's done a lot of things, just like Al Golden had done a lot of things, both collegiately and in the professional ranks. So uh, we're talking about a 36-year-old head coach in Marcus Freeman. And I know Tommy Reese was only 30 years old, but uh, Brian Kelly really expedited his timeline in in the coaching ranks when he handed him the keys to the Notre Dame offense at 27 years old. Kind of unprecedented in a way, but uh, he he was an in-house guy. I mean, Tommy Reese was Notre Dame through and through. We're we're talking about a guy who's 30 years old and 10 of his – 10 of the years of his life have been spent in South Bend either as a player for four years and then as an assistant coach for six years. So it made sense to appoint the young guy in that case. I don't know if it makes a whole lot of sense given that Marcus Freeman is in his second year as a head coach. He's still figuring things out. I mean, we're only four or five months, maybe less than that, removed from him in a press conference. You mentioned these press conferences there, and I vividly remember one when he said, Yeah, if you go back to Ohio State and you go back to Marshall and we were 0-2, I didn't really know what I was doing. I mean, those were his exact words almost verbatim. So I think he's going to get a guy at the offensive coordinator position who knows what he's doing.
1: Tyler Horkin, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, my guest here on WSBT Radio. You've seen a lot of names kicked around on social media. Is there a name or two that intrigues you?
2: Yeah, originally, and this is a name that's kind of been phased out in a way, but I really liked Kevin Johns from Duke just because he's a guy that has seen Sam Hartman up close and personal for – I'm not sure how long Johns has been at Duke, but definitely last year the two played each other and they played to a pretty high-scoring ball game. I think Duke won 34-31, to 31, so he's seen Sam Hartman. He's familiar with Sam Hartman. I think that those two will probably get along pretty well. Maybe they didn't in the last couple of years when they were a part of a rivalry, but you see – Guys cross over and, you know, become best friends with people that they played against, rooted against so hard for years. So I thought he was a really interesting name. But, you know, some of the other um, pretty much all of these names that come up have been interesting. Uh, Byron Left, which is certainly interesting. I wrote a column at blueandgold.com this week saying I'm not sure if that's the guy for Notre Dame, considering he was just fired somewhat ungracefully from tampa bay and they had the biggest disparity in run pass in the nfl the tampa bay bucks did under brian Lefwich. they threw the most passes attempted the most passes and not a bad thing when you have the greatest of all time but that the greatest of all time tom brady was 45 years old throwing over 700 passes i think he set a career high for pass attempts and then they ran the ball the fewest amount of times in the national football league and some of that is because the offensive line wasn't so great the running back stable wasn't very good but at some point, you, you got to run the ball a little bit. So I'm not sure Brian Lefwich is the guy, but it, it sounds like he's getting a look. And then you have a guy with the Eagles right now, Brian Johnson, who, who's being floated out there. And I, I think all of these names are interesting. Uh, they're, they're somewhat experienced. Some of them are a little younger. I mean, Brian Lefwich is pretty young. I think he's 43 years old and only really got into coaching about six or seven years ago. So uh, th- there's a lot of different ways that Marcus Freeman could go with this, but uh, that, that crossover between NFL and college seems to be there with, with a lot of these names. Uh, Joe Brady is another one of those college NFL guys who obviously won the national championship as LSU's passing game coordinator a, a couple of years ago, but he's been in the NFL for the last three years. And most recently with the bills and, you know, that's mentoring Josh Allen, who's probably the second best quarterback, you know, definitely top five in the league. So uh, to, to answer your question in a short, way absolutely a, a lot of these names are intriguing but i, I think it's going to maybe take uh, a week uh, at least a few more days for marcus freeman and his staff to kind of hash out the pros and cons of these guys because uh, like Leftwich, a lot of these guys who, who are um, in the conversation to maybe take this job it's not like they're all slam dunk hires they all have a little bit of baggage and maybe they've messed up uh you know in, in terms of coaching somewhere along the line so Freeman's just going to have to figure out which one of these guys is the best fit.
1: Hmm. Tyler Horkum, my guest, from Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. We're on February 8th. Obviously, this isn't the greatest situation. You're looking for a coordinator this close to spring football. But, Tyler, this is Notre Dame, and this is a position that so many people across the country, I think, would drop everything to come acquire even though, yeah, it is a disadvantage to have to try to hire now compared to maybe December the 8th, but do you still feel like that Notre Dame brand will still help Marcus Freeman get a top candidate in to take this job? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, I think, in a way, it's almost uh, a blessing in disguise for Notre Dame to be really the only big-time, high-profile program that's looking to fill a high-profile job. I mean, we're talking about the offensive coordinator. uh, That's, you know, if if the head coach is number one, most important position on the staff, then this is 1A or 1B, and the other one of those is the defensive coordinator. So we're talking about a really important job at a really important institution because I don't care if Notre Dame just went 9-4 and and was nowhere close to making the college football playoff. Notre Dame's showing up on ESPN every single week of, of the season. Notre Dame's showing up on ESPN in February sometimes, especially when something like this is happening. So I would not be shocked if someone that just took another job, uh, one name that comes to mind. And I, I mentioned him mm-hmm. on our blue and message board today. W- when I was doing my Hey Horkas segment was if you could reach out to anybody, make one phone call, who would you go after? And I, I didn't, I, I probably should have spent a little more time uh, thinking about this question, but a, a name that popped into my head, who's been one of the best offensive coordinators of the last three to five years is Phil Longo, and he just took a job, went from North Carolina to Wisconsin, obviously to team up with Luke Fickle there, and and that's a really stable, awesome job. I think Wisconsin is doing awesome on the recruiting trail right away. I think the Badgers are going to be really good and be a force in the Big Ten in a way that they haven't the last couple of years. But if Notre Dame called, I mean, if you're Phil Longo, you're taking that call. I don't care if you just signed the papers and they're still sitting on your desk and they have to go through the fax machine or something. (laughs) You're going to take that call because it's notre dame and again i don't know if that's what uh, marcus freeman wants to do phil longo's uh, a little hard-headed but man can he run offense and we've seen that at notre dame both times that they played north carolina the last couple of years uh he, he was uh, he, uh, Sam somehow was awesome under phil longo's direction and then obviously drake may was awesome under phil longo's direction as well so that's just one example of i think notre dame being in a position where I don't care if these people just sign their papers. They're with their new program. They're happy. They can go and pretty much snag anybody they want. Now, has Notre Dame been the big, bad offensive team uh, that you see in college football the last 10 years? No. But they're trying to get there. And I think, like you mentioned, Darren, with the way that Marcus Freeman can recruit and the way this whole staff is recruiting right now, I mean, Chansey Stuckey is bringing in some really good wide receivers. You're going to see four of them, true freshmen this year for Notre Dame, if you're a quarterback, if you're an offensive coordinator, I think you want to team up with guys like that. And I think in the next five years, if if Notre Dame makes the right hire and goes out and you know reels in a big fish, if you will, with this hire, then there's no reason why Notre Dame can't be a really good offensive team under this coaching staff.
1: Tyler, finally, I know you can't believe everything that is on social media, but I'll say this. Considering the timing of the tweet and the video, it sure seems like new quarterback Sam Hartman is all in on Notre Dame, despite the fact his offensive coordinator left for Alabama.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I actually talked to a couple people who are in his inner circle, and when I say inner circle, really close to him, I don't want to drop names, but sure. as soon as it happened, that's what you have to do as a reporter, is trying to get those people Uh, on the line via text, via phone call, whatever it is, and say, hey, what's the situation here? And I trust both of these people because they know Sam really well, and they said, yeah, he's locked in. He didn't commit to Notre Dame for one guy, that guy being Tommy Reese. Uh, He didn't even commit to Notre Dame for one guy, that being Marcus Freeman. He committed and signed with and is enrolled at Notre Dame right now to play his last year of college eligibility as a fighting Irish football player. And I I think the timing of his tweet – was awesome. It felt like the dust was kind of of settling. I mean, it was a Friday news dump with Tommy Reese, let's call it like it was. I think it was Friday afternoon. That comes out. All the outlets write their stories, write some analysis. I think people had enough time to read them. They're they're trying to settle in for their Friday night, whatever that was. You're staying in, you're going out. It was right about the time where people are making those decisions, and bam, it hits. I think it was like 6:37, maybe even 8 o'clock. And I think that kind of woke up the the story again and said, whoa, this guy's for real. He's at Notre Dame. Because you have to remember, if you go back five days ago to when this happened, I think that's the question that everyone was asking. And really, I guess the day before it was official, when everyone was uh, just reporting it and you know nothing official had been said yet, everyone was asking, what's Sam Hartman going to do? Is there a chance that he goes to Alabama or or, or just leaves Notre Dame because he doesn't want to be there without Tommy Reese. We had this conversation, Darren, Mm -hmm. uh, off the air. And I think a a lot of different people in South Bend across the country were having that same conversation. I just like the way that he emphatically answered it on Friday night, right after the news had come out for real, that Tommy Reese was gone. He came out with a statement saying, Hey, I'm at Notre Dame. I'm going to be at Notre Dame. And I think it, uh, it made a lot of people feel better, about kind of the craziness of the news cycle that happened those couple of days.
1: I don't mean this in a mean way, but Notre Dame is bigger than Tommy Reese and Sam Hartman understands that (laughs) to say the least. Hey, Tyler, you've got, you've got a lot of things happening at blue and gold right now. In fact, this is a really good time for Irish fans to join the blue and gold nation with this coordinator search underway.
2: Oh yeah. The coordinator search is obviously number one, me, Patrick Engel, Mike Singer our recruiting reporter we're all working uh, night and day to to get to the bottom of that and, ju- and just have it fully covered for everyone that goes to blueandgold.com but you got to remember that Notre Dame is also looking for a men's basketball coach and Patrick Engel has that uh, under wraps and Notre Dame women's basketball is making a little NCAA tournament push they only I think it's half a dozen regular season games left and then it's tournament time it's postseason time which is Obviously an awesome time to hop on the blueandgold.com bandwagon. Then right after that, or, or in the middle of that, spring ball. So uh, there is no such thing as an offseason, especially at blueandgold.com. We cover Notre Dame athletics like nobody else. So go there, sign up for a subscription, only $29.99 right now. And I think that's still one heck of a deal for everything that we provide for Notre Dame fans. It's the place to be if you're a Notre Dame fan. So get to blueandgold.com for everything that you want to know about Irish athletics.
1: Well, I talk to Tyler every Wednesday at this time, so I'm really curious to see where we are in the process of hiring a new offensive coordinator when we speak again next Wednesday at 6.05. Until then, thank you so much for your time as always, and we'll talk to you next week.
2: Absolutely, Darren. Thanks so much.